Hello and welcome back to WTF is Fio, a podcast on healthcare for professionals and students. Hello and welcome back to Atrial Fibrillation at a Glance. My name is Alex. I'm Chris. So in the At a Glance series, we're just going to be covering a brief overview of what we cover in the full deep dive episodes. This is going to be a bit of a crib sheet of everything we covered during our WTF is AF. So atrial fibrillation, or more commonly referred to as AF, is one of the most common arrhythmias with a lifetime risk of around 25%. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about what it is? So it's a disruption of the normal sinus rhythm. Instead of sinoatrial node producing an organized electrical impulse that results in coordinated contraction of the atria, there is disorganized chaotic electrical activity. This results in fibrillation of the atrial muscle and reduces the atria's ability to contract and also results in irregular conduction of impulses to the ventricles. This leads to irregularly irregular ventricular contractions and also tachycardia. This will then result in heart failure and a risk of stroke. Perfect. And I think we'll talk more about heart failure and stroke later. So then I'm going to talk about some classifications for AF. So we start off with paroxysmal AF. This is when it lasts longer than 30 seconds, but less than a week. It's then termed persistent AF if it lasts longer than seven days. At this point, it's very unlikely to terminate by itself and will most likely require cardioversion. And then finally, we've got permanent. This is where the AF is persistent even after attempts to terminate it. This can also be when the clinician and the patient decide together that they're going to stop attempting to revert the heart back into sinus rhythm and just treat the arrhythmia with symptom management rather than cardiovertic management. Some AF is also classified as valvular or non-valvular, and this is based off the patient having a moderate to severe mitral stenosis or a mechanical heart valve. These two valvular pathologies are believed to trigger or lead to AF themselves. Let's have a look at why AF happens. For a more detailed explanation, do have a look at the in-depth episode. So essentially, ectopic activity within the atria caused by things like calcium iron mishandling start the process. The existence of tissue abnormalities such as fibrosis or iron channel abnormalities, allows for erroneous impulses to recirculate in a re-entry system, resulting in sustained arrhythmia that is AF. I also think it's important to remember that in some ways, AF is self-propagating. So it can start with a paroxysmal or a trigger-driven disease, um, and then it develops into the permanent form of AF that I was speaking about earlier. This can be due to the initial AF causing damage to the atrium in the form of atrial hypertrophy or ventricular hypertrophy and heart failure. This allows for the formation of substrates that can then cause the disease to be permanent. So essentially, AF gets more AF. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about what it looks like. So in terms of presentation, AF is often asymptomatic and is picked up when a patient presents for another reason. But some presenting symptoms of AF include palpitations, shortness of breath, or syncope. And it can also be symptoms of an associated condition. These include things like stroke, sepsis, or thyrotoxicosis. When these present in the combination of a patient having an irregularly irregular pulse, AF is a pretty safe bet. But other differentials of an irregularly irregular pulse include things like ventricular ectopics. An ECG can be used to help differentiate these two arrhythmias. Chris, what are we looking for on an ECG? So an ECG of AF is often going to present with the overall appearance of a narrow complex tachycardia. 
And it's going to also have the two criteria that we need to diagnose AF. These are the absence of P waves and an irregularly irregular ventricular rhythm. Now that we've found AF on our ECG, it's worth having a quick think about some important causes. This is by no means an extensive list, but just a few. So this could be sepsis, so has our patient got an infection or temperature alongside the AF? Ischemia can cause AF, so have they had an MI? Thyrotoxicosis, we can check the T3 and T4 levels. Or do they also have chronic hypertension? So we found AF on our ECG. We've had a thought about what could cause it. I think it's worth having a quick think of what we could be worried about in our patient with AF. Perfect. Thank you very much, Chris. So in terms of red flags for AF, we're worried about acute deterioration because of the arrhythmia. So this could be in the form of AF with a rapid ventricular response. This is where too many impulses get through to the ventricles, resulting in an unsustainable rate. This could cause the patient to have a compromised blood pressure, poor coronary perfusion, and this would lead to subsequent cardiogenic shock. Ischemic stroke is another important pathology to think about with AF. Due to the stasis of blood, especially in the left atrial appendage, clots can form and these can then be dispersed into the left ventricle and then up into the brain. Acute heart failure is another pathology to look out for. This can be a cause of AF or a result of AF. With AF, there's a reduced cardiac output. This means that the ventricles have to work overtime. This can result in ventricular hypertrophy and subsequently heart failure. So signs to look out for here are anything that you'd normally find with congestive heart failure. So the presence of pulmonary edema or any JVP abnormalities. Now we've covered those things to look out for in AF. Let's go over how to fix it. There's an in-depth look at all of the options in the treatment in the full-length podcast, but the basic principles revolve around rate or rhythm control, anticoagulation and adjunctive therapy in the form of cardiovascular rehabilitation or therapeutics, or the treatment of underlying triggers. A few quick examples. So rate control can be achieved using beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, or digoxin. Rhythm control using pharmacological or DC cardioversion to resynchronize the heart into normal sinus rhythm. Anticoagulation using warfarin or DOAX, as we've established a red flag and associated condition with AF is ischemic stroke. And finally, adjunctive therapies looking at treating either the underlying cause or secondary conditions. And these could be things such as treating high blood pressure thyrotoxicosis or sepsis. All right, that about wraps it up. Thank you very much for that, Chris. In terms of treatment, remember there is variation between professions, area of practice, and where you practice. Be sure to look up and be familiar with where you find your trust's local protocols. In regards to AF, for some, this may just be in terms of general approach to acute tachyarrhythmias. This was atrial fibrillation at a glance. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe to keep up to date with our erratic upload schedule. We recommend listening to the WTF is AF episode if you haven't already. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.